great to be here. Um, that's a tough act to follow. These glasses are not technology, they're just glasses. So um, for anybody out in the audience that was wondering, they can't put me in the glass hole bucket that our prior folks on stage talked about. But I'm really excited to be here today because I am a growth marketer. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my background to give me a bit of street cred so that um, you have a little bit more believability that I know what I'm talking about when I talk about growth. So I've been at a number of different companies, really big ones, where I was in product groups that were growing fast, or at small companies that were on a rocket ship with 100% year-over-year growth. And it's been quite a journey, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've learned a lot of great things along the way. And so I want to share with you guys three secrets that I've learned to growth marketing. So how many of you guys have heard of Pluralsight? Oh, as a marketer, that kind of crushes my soul. <laughs> no one in the room has heard of Pluralsight. So you're going to hear about us. It's why we're here at the next web. Um, hopefully, you'll hear even more about us. We had a big week last week. Um, we went public last week. We had our IPO listed on NASDAQ exactly a week ago today. And we were able to do that because of the growth that the company saw. It was a monumentous event for us. And I'm sure there's other people in the room that are thinking they would love for their companies to go public. Because I, like you, have sat in many of these, um, had many of these conversations where I'm like, I want my company to go public as well. So I want to talk a little bit about how we achieved the growth to get there. So what is Pluralsight? It's a learning technology platform, meaning that it trains folks in your organization with all the tech skills that they need. How do we do that? We have over 1,400 experts that create courses for us. In fact, almost 7,000 courses. These experts are people like Troy Hunt, who's the cyber security expert worldwide, or people like David Liu. If you want to learn about Salesforce and how to do tech in Salesforce, David Liu runs Google's Salesforce deployment, the largest Salesforce deployment on the planet. So we've created over 7,000 courses. You can take skill assessments and understand where your skills are. We're in 150 countries, 60 plus percent of the Fortune 500. And most importantly, the thing that's made my job the easiest is our customers love us. How many enterprise software company folks are in the room? So a small amount. So 65 of a net promoter score is unheard of in enterprise software. And so it's made my job in marketing pretty easy to have a product that our customers love. So let's talk about growth. And the, the, I told you I was going to share three secrets. So number one, data driven. Anybody a fan of the TV show Mad Men? Oh, yeah, I heard a hell yeah. Thank you, whoever that was. It was one of my favorite shows on television. It went off the air a couple years ago. I think you can still watch reruns on Netflix. But I loved the show. And yes, to be fair, I loved it because Don Draper, the main character pictured in the middle, was a little bit dreamy. He looks a little like my husband, so I feel okay saying that. But I also loved it because it was a time period piece of what marketing was like 60 years ago. These guys were, ad, they were advertisers on Madison Avenue in New York City in 1960. They would come up with a wildly creative idea, get their clients to spend all their money on it, and then they'd sit back on their, sit on their couch, have three martini lunches, maybe on their couch with an assistant or two, and then wait for nine months later when they would win some big ad award. 
That was data-driven decision-making um, in the 1960s. And they, you know, it's trust us, your ad dollars are working. If you ever watched this show, you would know these are three men you would never trust with anything. So what's data-driven decision-making like today? Is it, have you guys seen this MarTech? Scott Brinker made this. I think he goes around and speaks at conferences off of this one slide alone. This is the technology landscape for marketers today. When you want to do something data-driven, there is a large amount of vendors you can use. If you want to send out an email campaign, all you really, you have 50 different vendors that could do that for you, and 50 different ways, and many, many, many different data sources. So what does that mean for you trying to be data-driven? It means that most of us in marketing are drowning in data, yet we're thirsty for information. I love this picture because this is how I feel sometimes. Like I've got all this stuff coming at me, but I'm, I'm like, somebody throw me a lifeline. Tell me what's really working in marketing. So I'm going to share a story with you. This was from my prior company at Domo. And we advertised across normal digital channels. And LinkedIn was a really great account for us, we, a great channel for us. So if you look here, we were really data-driven at Domo. And you'll see on the bottom, this is how much ACV, or annual contract value, how much revenue we got from our LinkedIn ad campaigns. The blue, the blue bars on the bottom look pretty good. Here's how many uh, sales accepted opportunities, so really qualified leads we got. Again, the blue bars from LinkedIn looks pretty good. You'd say, keep investing. Well, how much did that cost us? Well, we had a threshold. We wouldn't spend more than $2,000 for a sales accepted opportunity. LinkedIn, which was great, was below that $2,000 mark. If you look a couple down, Google, Google search um, ad display or searching was above the $2,000. So if we stopped there, even though we were really data-driven, we would have shifted money and spent more on LinkedIn. But we went one step further and we looked at ROI. And of course, Google, for the money we spent, we got more in revenue. It had a higher ROI. So you can see here that the blue bar on Google is much higher than the pink on LinkedIn. This is where you have to have the right data. Had we not taken it all the way to ROI, we would have been wasting money on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you're telling yourself, it was kind of an aha moment for me, I wanted to hit myself in the forehead. Of course people searching are gonna be more likely to buy your product than ads that you push out on LinkedIn. But it took the data for us to really realize that. So you, this, the lesson from this is that you need the right data. So data will tell you where to win. We have both, at our company, individuals buy our product um, for their own technology training and advancement, and companies buy our product. And the majority of our sales are from companies buying our product for their whole team. We started looking at the individuals who were buying, and we started doing segmenting and data analysis, and we found that 85% are professionals who already work at companies. In fact, 70% of those people that were buying for themselves, we could tie to an account in Salesforce. We could tie them to an account that we were trying to sell to. And 50% of them were buying with a company credit card. Their company was already paying for it. We realized this was an amazing lead source, and we realized this through data. So we call this our B2C to B2B motion, or otherwise lovingly known as B2C to B. And this is lesson number two. For anyone selling into the B2B space, getting a B2C motion up front is really profitable. You look at Dropbox, another company that went public a couple weeks before us, giant valuation, extremely successful. They have this nailed. You look at Slack, 
They also come in and sell to individuals and then move on to the company. Using a B2C to B approach is really successful. And I'll share a couple secrets we've learned at Pluralsight that has helped us to grow using it. So our funnel looks like this. We start at the very top with a free product. And I believe free products are the best way to get qualified leads into your system. Ours is a skill IQ. So it's your Pluralsight IQ. So you come in and you take a test in a couple minutes and understand where do you rate on JavaScript or C++ or Docker or whatever the latest technology is. And individual developers want to do this because then they can go share out on social media their bragging rights. I'm in the top 95% on JavaScript. And they put it on their resumes and LinkedIn profiles. But they have to create a profile with us to do that. And then we get to market to them. Hey, you're great at JavaScript, but you're not so great at Docker. You should come take these courses and sign up for our product offering. Then we convert them to B2C, to individuals. And remember, almost 85% of those people already work at companies that we would love to have corporate accounts with. And then we convert them to B2B. So right now, 26% of our funnel comes through digitally of these individuals, and 74% is a sales-guided motion. And the best leads we give to our sales team to go out and sell corporate accounts is through this motion. So let's talk about how we do that. First, it's back to data. You have to segment the data, find out who you have, and really understand how you market to them and your sales motion. The two together are really going to help bring closed deals. Here's some of the campaigns we've run. This one is called Take It to Your Boss. It was a really successful one. So we gave really inexpensive swag if an individual would set up a meeting with their boss for our sales rep to have. We started with hoodies. We also did some drones. It was one of our most successful campaigns from an ROI perspective, because you had someone within the walls of the company recommending that they take a meeting with a sales rep. Sales enablement cannot be understated. It's one of the most important parts of this. We, and you, you have to use technology to enable your sales team. So in addition to telling your sales team how to tell the message and where the leads are coming from and what companies, we set up tools where sales reps would get pinged in Salesforce when an account had up to 10 individual users. Hey, sales rep that owns the Walmart account, did you know that Walmart had 10 new individuals buy on their own? You should reach out to some of them and start nurture campaigns or maybe try to call and see if any of them would get um, a company meeting for you. It was really an amazing motion when you get the sales team engaged and you use technology to automate it. Product marketing is one of our secrets. So really being able to have a group of product marketers that understand the message that goes in your marketing materials as well as the message that goes to the sales team is key. At my last company, I didn't hire and staff up product marketing fast enough, and it was my Achilles heel. At this company at Pluralsight, when I came in the door, one of my requests on my first day of work was I need a, a kick-ass product marketing team and I need heads to staff it. And we've done really well with that. It should be a secret to success. Account-based marketing. I know this is the buzzword and everybody knows about account-based marketing, but it's really important in account-based marketing to use data to really understand who your targets are, to create personalized experiences for them based on research, and then to go with very targeted digital campaigns and bring in field events with that. So don't just do account-based marketing that's digital. Bring the live interactions together. And they don't have to be expensive. Two of our most successful additions to our account-based marketing campaign are, t are movie theater tickets. So, you know, we sell to techies, and techies, like myself, 
love it when the latest movie about technology comes out. So Ready Player One or Avengers, we would rent out theaters on opening day and invite people to, bring, to come and bring a couple people from their company. Take off work for a couple hours, popcorn's on us, you get tickets in the stadium seating to this new, this new movie coming out. It was really a great way to, to encourage the conversation. We also did email and direct mailers. Believe it or not, snail mail is coming back. It's kind of retro. It actually is extremely effective for us. So what's the biggest obstacle to being data-driven and to building a B to C to B motion? It comes back to this picture I showed earlier. This is a different version of the same thing. There's so much technology, and there's so much technology that you can use. How do you make sense of it all? So lesson number three, or secret number three. Make technology your competitive advantage. Your marketing strategy should also be your technology strategy. Marketing teams are tech teams. I have more people with technical skills on my marketing team than I do with creative skills. It should be your strong point and the way you win. So why doesn't every marketing team embrace technology? Why doesn't everybody say this is their advantage or use this as their advantage? Because it's hard. It's really hard. And why is it so hard? It's because there aren't enough skilled workers that know all of these technologies. There's new technologies coming up every day. A couple years, I think 10 years ago, there were two programming languages, Fortran and COBOL, maybe 20 years ago. Now there's over 250. And you look at the entire tech stack. How do people know all of the different things and all the new ones coming up every day? How do you stay current? In fact, in the US alone last year, 500,000 jobs, half a million jobs went unfilled for tech skills because there weren't people with the skills to fill them. And this is specific to marketing. 47% of US marketers say their organization is involved in digital marketing, but not very competent at it. Half the people are doing something they're terrible at. That can't feel good. And 75% of marketers say lack of skills is impacting revenue. We need a skilled marketing team that's tech savvy. So how do you do that? You've got to develop a technology organization with your marketing team. But you can't go out and just recruit these people um, and replace everybody you have. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. So really, the first imperative in winning this war is to develop and retain the talent that you have today. Teach your, tech, teach your teams the technology skills they need. Invest in them. Create a culture of learning. One of my favorite stories of Pluralsight, we had a woman on our team, Adrienne. She's amazing. She's just a go-getter. Um, she was early in her career, came out of college, and had a coordinator job um, in marketing. She, on the side, she took classes. Granted, they were Pluralsight classes, so a little bit of a product plug. She took classes to learn how to use AEM from Adobe and other web products. And now she's one of the more productive senior people on our web team and has a whole new career track for herself. And in addition to that, she's doing amazing work for the company. We've been investing in the people in our company to learn these skills. They're not that hard. It just takes time and effort and creating a culture as the head of marketing of learning and letting people not be afraid to fail. So you can create your future, and you can create your team's future. To really, what I've seen, again, the three secrets to growth are really be data-driven, but find the right data. 
develop a B to C to B strategy. If you're selling B to B, figure out how to get the individuals in the door first, whether it's through a freemium product or an individual subscription. A ton of companies are doing this and it's been extremely effective from Slack to Dropbox to Pluralsight. And finally, invest in your tech strategy. It's going to be your best weapon. And only with people with technology skills can you have an amazing tech strategy. So thank you and enjoy the conference.